It's the Messiah Community Radio Talk Show. This is Michael James Lauren, your host. VO is the name of the book, Tips, Tricks, Tools, and Techniques to Start and Sustain Your Voiceover Career. Special guest, legendary voiceover expert, Mark Cashman. He joins us. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Michael. I, I'm not sure what legend you're referring to, but uh, but I'll take it. Well, um, let me take it away. Mark Cashman, award-winning radio and TV commercial producer. He's been named three times as one of Audiophile's magazine's best voices of the year. He teaches voice acting in California Institute of the Arts. He produces VO demos, voiceover, uh, coach 101 sessions with the voice actors worldwide. And uh, you've done quite a bit, so we're going to find out about you and... Uh, uh, I'll, you are a legend, Mark, so just you have to accept that. <laughs> okay. Even for people who are experts, you teach them how to do all this. But um, That's true. your book, though, it gets into more of the nitty-gritty, the touchy-feely of all this because you know people think that they can pull this off uh, even if they've been doing it for a long time. Uh, why, why do you suppose you get more into It's almost like a ministry to you, or you get into the spiritual aspect of uh, or almost a religious experience when it comes to giving a good voiceover. Well... You know, I think that if, if, if you want to go that deep, <laughs> it, really, it really just comes down to how passionate you are about what it is you do mm. and, 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 and what it is you teach, etc. You are passionate about what you teach. I'm passionate about what I teach. Uh, uh, we can, when you're working, when you're in, in the arts, you're always trying to create um, moments, uh, new moments, uh, creative moments, un, moments that haven't been thought of before and, and, and evoking emotions and feelings that, that haven't been done before. You're creating something and, and the act of creation, whether it's art, whether it's acting, whether it's writing, whether it's uh, uh, music, whatever it is, the, the actual act of creating is a very spiritual, sometimes for many people, spiritual experience. Um, uh, they just are transported. Time is has no meaning. All of a sudden, oh my gosh, it's three hours. We've we've been at this doing this three hours hmm. already. I can't believe it. So when we're involved in something that we really love, when we're really passionate about something that we, that we're working on, time has no meaning, uh, and we feel fulfilled. Uh, in 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 different aspects and th yes it, it's uh i'm not i can't remember now what your original, <laughs> your original question was. I, I forgot too mark i was <laughs> no i mean but, you know it's it to to me the way that you get into this it's just it's not rote or it's very deep you seem to have an appreciation as you say in your book that everybody has a voice and a special footprint to their voice and you let everybody yes, know yes. you don't have to sound like such and such you are unique you know if That's you will right. you have a god-given voice and you seem to really get the most out of what people have and they appreciate that that you know that's really the that's really the key is to get people to sound like they're talking to you as opposed to reading mm -hmm. that's one of the uh, uh, in, in this particular case i make a distinction between voice acting and voiceover voice voiceover is basically saying 2.9 percent financing for 60 months on all vehicles in stock that's voiceover <laughs> pretty good 
There's not much mm-hmm. acting involved in there. True. It is telling, however, it is stating facts. And so the area that so announcing, a lot of announcing falls into the voiceover realm. Nonfiction narration falls into the voiceover realm. E-learning modules and instructional videos and explainer videos fall into the voiceover realm. As opposed to voice acting, which basically is acting characterization, inhabiting a character, sometimes uh, 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 taking up an accent that is not yours originally. And I heard you talking about Gold Bond in an interview that you did, that just the, you know, we want a natural sounding voice. And what did they say when it came to Gold Bond? That's right. They, they, they just said they said just uh, just just be natural, just be yourself. And and um, the line in Gold Bond was was a woman from the Midwest <laughs> and she was just a very, very simple, flat Gold Bond worked for me. Gold Bond worked for me. Hmm. Right? There's not much acting involved in that. That's, but do that's, it, do that's, it with that's, more of that Midwest accent that you did on the testimony. <laughs> well, Gold Bond worked for me, but, but that's just a little bit. It depends upon how rural you're getting. Yeah, that's. <laughs> but the bottom line is, yeah. in this particular case, it was it was that was a testimonial. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that wasn't an actor. Uh, well, maybe it was an actor. Who knows? But uh, but the bottom line is, you always you in. Again, that distinction between voiceover and voice acting, characterization, uh, inhabiting characters and understanding characters and, 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 and really uh, giving some emotional depth to mm-hmm. your performance. That's more voice acting because again, it involves acting. But the area that the two uh, areas inhabit, the, the, if you took your two, uh, made two zeros, two, put your finger, your forefinger and your thumbs together on both your hands and you made two little circles and you then put them together that area in between is the area that voice acting and voiceover share and that's called storytelling you still have to tell a story and that's big today even on the radio they tell every consultant say got to tell a story well the radio that's where it started it actually didn't start with radio it started with the stage it started with with again the acting look the people Actors evolved from people who told stories and loved to tell stories and loved to entertain people and loved that immediate feedback. That's what acting is all about is immediate feedback. And have you, people done uh, Sally Fields? You love me. You really love me. <laughs> That's true. I remember that. <laughs> she said that. Well, I mean, could it be the same way, though, for voiceovers, how they have method actors? Uh, have you ever had anyone say, look, uh, when I read the copy, I'm going to know everything there is about concrete. I'm reading a voiceover about concrete or I'm doing one yeah. on. Uh, have, has anyone gone to those links to to master the voiceover or does that is that too much? I think it's too much because, first of all, it's just investing an awful lot of time into something that you would never master in the beginning to begin with. OK, if you I'll give you a perfect example. Um, I was asked to narrate a series of e-learning modules that tested, basically explained to people how to how to maintain, um, uh, inspect, and maintain and troubleshoot trans transformers. Okay. Not the not the toys. Mm-hmm. Those big those big boxes at the top of telephone poles that if a bird lands the wrong way, they'll get fried. Get toast. Or if, a, or if a guy tries to fix it not knowing what he's doing, he'll get electrocuted. Mm. So my job was to explain to 
people who are taking tests on these, basically becoming certified to become transformer repair people, et cetera, et cetera. My job was to explain everything about transformers to them so they could be certified. We're talking about, oh, at least a couple of hundred pages, a couple of hundred pages. So you picture yourself as big, burly, you know construction guy or or you have that's to kind of the whole thing yeah. that's the whole thing again it does not matter what you look like it does not matter in in voiceover they they say always sound like you know what you're talking about well i say this this is my my rule always sound like you know what you're talking about even if you don't well i heard about that casting directors that look for confidence and if they don't see that confidence come through right. and so that's exactly right michael that's exactly right even if you don't have the best voice, it's the confidence that comes across. That's and I, exactly right. It does not matter. People think they see the word authoritative and they say, oh, that means I have to have the voice of God. <laughs> no, it does not mean you have to have the voice of God. It only means that you have to sound like you know what you're talking about. For instance, if I interviewed a guy who's a farmer and he says, look, I know everything there is to know about plowing the back 40. I've been plowing the back 40 for the past 40 years and I know everything there is to know about it. All right. I don't sound like any voice of God. That's yeah, true. All right. But he knows all about it. That's the key. Well, it's people hear like you know what you're talking about. People hear different voices. OK, I'm talking about not uh, well, not those, the, those are they're, they're called schizophrenia. I was just going to say it depends on what kind of medication that you take, you know, or if you don't take your medication, you need to take your medication, folks. But, um, no, people hear voices now. I don't know, you know, much about you, though. We're learning. And. You know, I don't know if you like classical music, and here's the reason I asked the question, because you remind me of, like, a director, someone with that stick in their hand, you know, the, the director who is, uh, there's maybe... A conductor. Conductor, thank you. Yes. Uh, an educated person you're talking to. <laughs> the conductor, and so people hear voices, you hear music. You say finding the music in the well, copy. Absolutely. There, everything in music is in copy, with one exception. Everything in music, for those of you who are listening now who are musically inclined, there are keys, there are whole notes and half notes and quarter notes, there are rests and there, are, there, there, there's legato and staccato, there's all sorts of music going on in copy, in text. There's only one exception, one thing that we don't have in copy, and that is a steady beat. We do not talk like this, do we know? You don't we want to don't sound talk like that. In a steady beat. We talk in a cadence, mm -hmm. not a rhythm. Yes. Cadence. And there's talk. some people that pick up on that. I'm sure you've noticed because you teach everyone from the best of the best of the best to someone yeah, who just to, got off the boat. Somebody who, that's right. Somebody who just fell off the wagon. And and the thing is that I'm sure even you're surprised there. Maybe you're not. I don't know. But I'm, I'm sure you, you love what you do. But people can be surprising where they can pick up these nuances. And maybe they hear that music and the voice that you hear, whereas someone could be doing this for years and sound great you know, vocally, but not know what yeah. to do with their voice. You say That's that you exactly have to know right. what to do with it. That's exactly right. I've worked with a number of people who, who've come to me and said, look, I've been faking it for the past, for years now. Mm. I got hired years ago to do this, and I've been doing this, but I really don't know what I'm doing, or I don't know exactly if I'm going about it the right way. And I'll sit down with them, and in a very, very short amount of time, I'll get them to put on a whole set of glasses, a whole new set of glasses that they never saw a copy through before that uh, two weeks ago somebody wrote after a session and somebody wrote back to me and said you just blew my mind <laughs> so basically they, they i'm working with people who veterans 
I'm not saying all of them, but I've, I've worked with a number of veterans, people who've been doing this 10, 20, 30 years, making a living from mm. this, who I'm actually able to teach them something new. And I, and initially, when I first went into this, when I, when I first went into teaching, my initial, for year, actually for years, I resisted teaching. People said, why aren't you teaching? I said, what am I going to teach? I'm going to teach. What, what new things could I teach somebody who's been doing this? And they said, well, you could teach somebody who hasn't been doing this. I said, okay, maybe a little bit, but I, but I want to be able to teach everybody, anybody, anybody who approaches me. If somebody says, comes to me and says, I've been doing this 30 years, uh, uh, can you teach me anything? I said, of course I can. Absolutely I can. And, uh, or somebody who, who just again fell off the hay wagon. Mark, uh, excuse but, uh, me for, excuse me, I don't mean to, just for a minute, a uh, little plug here. That's why you need to call Mark Cashman, ladies and gentlemen, okay? Just a little plug here because, I mean, honestly, okay, and I've done a little research just getting into voiceovers, you know, but these these nuances, these things that you could bring to the light, uh, it's worth every penny. I mean, if people can get that, like you spoke about, a man who is a 30-year veteran, and uh, those are the little insights in, that casting directors most likely are looking for, and you direct people in that path. Well, yes. I mean, that's the other thing that I do is, is uh, because I work with so many voice actors. And, and one thing that voice actors do on a daily basis is audition. They are auditioning against hundreds of other voice actors out there all over the world. And so one of the things that I one of the many things that I teach is is to show them how their auditions can stand out, how their auditions can get them at the front of the pack, how just a simple tweaking of one particular audition technique can actually get them booking as opposed to when they weren't booking. And one of them that you talk about are transitions and vocal pivots. And that, to me, is interesting. And, and just reading from your book, you say many commercials are structured like this. A lot of people don't know in the form of right. problem, solution, and call to action. So the first right. part... It's like a book. It's mm-hmm. like, it's like a, a story. It's a story's got a beginning, a middle, and an end. Most stories are structured beginning, middle, and end. The, the, the beginning part of it establishes the, 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 the scene, the situation. The middle part of it uh, basically takes the reader through the, the whatever occurrence or incident that they're talking about. And the end resolves the, the, this whole situation most of the time. But, and there's always that know, noise that goes with it. Wah, wah, wah. Well, like, that's, only if, that's only if it's a really cheesy type of a script. <laughs> only, only, only for the... I grew up best. listening to commercials like cheese. that. Yeah. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> but the thing, but, since, but in, in advertising, they don't have beginning, middle, and end, but they do have three parts to it. It's called problem, solution, call to action. Hmm. And if you listen to commercials... The majority of commercials are structured that way. Michael, do you have a problem? Well, here's a solution, and here's where you get it. And those three components are in virtually every commercial you hear. Not all three sometimes. Sometimes the first and the third. Sometimes the second and the third. Sometimes just the third. Just the call to action. Hmm. Call this number, get this thing, da-da-da, boom, done. You know, they don't even bother with the beginning and the middle. You know, they just go to the call to action. But that's basically how people are sold products and services through the broadcast medium. TV is a lot easier because you got visuals. Again, we're that's very true. visual creatures. Radio is the, is the challenge because there are no visuals. They have to create visuals. And people are always disappointed when they meet the DJ. They're like, oh, 
You're nothing like I thought you. <laughs> I thought you were yeah, this good-looking guy or something like that, well, or woman, or. Well, yeah, but you could say the same thing about Tinder or any of these other, you know, dating <laughs> apps too. You yeah. know, you you look a hell of a lot better online. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> I mean, are there people who I'm sure if I just you know get my voice like this and I just hammer yeah, it out, see, I hammer it out. Thank you, Michael. That's the problem right there. If you wanted to get a voice like this. Hey, no. That's the whole. The big, that's the biggest problem. Well, that's that's not the biggest problem, but and that is a problem uh, that I where I work with people who just love the sound. Mark's of their gonna love voice. my voice today. They love their voice so much. They, mm-hmm. just, they sleep with their voice. They want to marry their oh, voice. Oh yeah. They want to. They want to sleep with that voice. They want to tell the whole world about that voice. But you say that and listening though is really where it's at, as far as you know interpreting. So. Talk about that. I mean, we don't get that, that it's all about listening. Absolutely. The thing is, when you're in a booth uh, and you're in, and you're going through your paces with the director, if you're not listening to what the director wants, if you're not listening to what the client wants, you're not doing your job as an actor. If an, when people tell an actor to do something, the actor says, great, yes, of course, I'll do that. How high, by the way? What trajectory do you want me? Et cetera, et cetera. If you're not listening to what they want, you're not doing your job. But then again, there's another level of listening, and that's listening to yourself. If you're not listening to yourself and what you did, then it's very difficult for you to make changes and adjustments on future, on, on subsequent takes, because you're not even listening to what you did before. So, so listening is a is a two way street. You have to not just listen to the director and the and the client, but you also have to listen to yourself and what you're doing and or what you're not doing. It seems like that's something that would take a, a while for some uh, who are, as you said, maybe so fixated on their voice, but really, that's that extra, I guess, thing that voiceover actors uh, bring to the table is that they they interpret properly, they listen, or they they really understand the copy. And that's something you mentioned. People have to really get acquainted with what they're actually reading, uh, yeah. and not just how it sounds. That's yes, for sure. that's exactly right. Ab- absolutely, they need to know the story. If you don't know the story, how can you tell it? Now, there's some pronunciation tips that you give, and I think people are just surprised, and I know I am when it comes to voiceover. Sometimes I thought like I'll just say the word R. Our cars, right? Someone brought yeah. to my attention. That's not right at all. It's our, our cars. So no, it, it is an R. Is it, it, the, the word R is spelled A R E. The word our is spelled O U R. That's pretty different spelling. And how confused and do people get? I mean, I'm sure there are plenty of people. They, they may even do this for years. There's no, it's nothing to be confused of whatsoever. It's hmm. just how they pronounce certain words, and 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 that comes in. That's a regionalism, and and that also comes from just kind of lazy speech and, and, and just or American vernacular when we're very, very relaxed, we don't think about it. But when we know that we're we're performing, we need to be a little bit more cognizant of our of our um, uh, articulation. Yeah, because you know, I'll I'll what? even try a voiceover. I'll say an instead of and with the yes, D. But the thing is is that many times an is appropriate. It hmm. depends upon where it's placed. It depends upon context. This and this this and this is very conversational. This and this, which is over-articulated, mm. is not conversational whatsoever. So sometimes you have to determine whether what it is you're talking about is particularly conversational hmm. or not. Well, I have a feeling, okay, that sometimes voice actors 
are looked at second-class citizens. If they say, hey, you tell people you need to take an acting class if you really want to learn how to emote. But do, do sometimes unfairly do actors that say, you know, uh, divas or divos, and they say that's not a real actor, or do, do they get treated like second-class citizens or no? No, it all, it all depends upon who they're working with. Because voice actors are, are are just as legitimate actors as stage and on camera actors, but this but the thing that uh, that I've found about voice actors is that a number of them are on a little bit on the lazy side, because they say, "Hey, look, I can read, I can articulate, I can open my mouth, I can make sense of things, I can put words together. Why do I have to do any any kind of?" Uh, 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 homework here. Why do I have to do any kind of of of, of uh, knowing what I'm talking about here? I I can I can see the words. I'll just let the words flow and I'll put them all together. The thing is, is that uh, other legitimate actors, people who are on stage and people who are on camera, before they get on that stage and speak in front of an audience and get or get in front of that camera and talk in front of a crew or a director. They know their part inside out. They know it so hmm. well. They could eat it, sleep it, dream it, breathe it. They know their part. They know who they are. They've done their homework. So they can, they can flesh out this character and make this character multidimensional because they've done their homework. Well, I'd have to and say I'm one of those lazy of people. Actors don't. Yeah, I fall into that. I'm being a newbie here, you know, I, I fall into that category because I'm learning with every time I, you know, read a blog or, or talk to someone like yourself that there's so much more preparation and intricacies that go into this. You you mentioned people, some people just have the ability to lift words off the page effortlessly and to articulate yes, them clear, you know, clearly. And yes. so you see these people that sometimes, you know, doing like, a, you know, a Joe Cipriano or, or some, of the, some of these people, uh, including yes. yourself. And it ha I mean, how does it, uh, does it that's always amazing. amaze you that people have that gift? It almost seems like superhuman no, no, the way no, they do no, that. No, no, no. That's, that's, that's a muscle that's been used and strengthened over decades. Hmm. It's just like anything else, Michael. If you went to the gym every day I wish. <laughs> and, spent, and spent four to five hours a day in that gym, every day, day hmm. in and day out, four to five hours a day, what would you look like? You'd be rippled. You'd be muscled. You'd be like a, 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 a mini Schwarzenegger. All right. You'd be ripped because you worked every single day at that at, at developing and strengthening those muscles. The same thing with Joe Cipriano and same thing with all these other amazing, amazing narrators. They worked every day. This is a muscle that you use, you develop, you strengthen. And and, and after a while. It becomes effortless. The pros make it look so easy. They really why do. Is, why do pro golfers and pro athletes, why do they make it look so easy? They're like ballet dancers. They're, they're hmm. just gorgeous and beautiful in their choreography. They're amazing. What Did that happen overnight? Did that happen? Did they start that yesterday? No. They when working at it for for days and weeks and months all season long they've been at it for years and years developing this and that and this and that so they got all these tricks going on it's insane it is it's amazing some of their i think of the like the golden girls just so yeah. you know you know i don't care how old i am you know but uh and they'll be like the golden girls on nbc tuesday or something like that and i'm i'm how do they do that it's it just comes right out of their mouth and uh well, that's that's a whole other that's a whole other uh, you know truthfully 
Um, and I know a number of uh, trailer and promo people might get upset about this Uh-oh. comment. <laughs> but, but, but I'm not editing this out. <laughs> no, uh, again, promo and trailer copy is probably some of the easiest copy in the world to read. Wow. I thought just the opposite. I was thinking, you know, no. it's wow. No, no, it's not. It's, it, it's really not that hard at all. You have to have the pipes, obviously, for it. You have to have the you have to understand the gravitas and the tone, and you have to be taking direction, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying that it's not voice acting, but I have to tell you that 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 again, uh, again, uh, a copy for a, a promo or a trailer is usually you're looking at maximum 20 seconds worth of copy, sometimes even 15 seconds worth of copy. It's not much copy. Number one. Number two. It's nothing that you that that, that you there's very little story involved here so you can you can look at that copy and you can get off book you you don't have to read that copy you can glance at that copy and then say it you and it seems to, it seems like some of the voices are mysterious almost like shark tank at cnbc and they, well, it, they all seem a little weird you know and then they we listen to these voices every day that's all in casting and that's how producers they they, they, they all want to brand their particular <laughs> project with a certain voice, and they're going to get a certain sound that's going to cut through. It's going to be different than the others. And so they they go through, they literally listen to hundreds and hundreds of people before they finally settle on the voice that is going to be their uh, uh, their voice you know, for, for that season. Well, you may be a conductor, all right? You may be a musicologist as far as bringing out the music and the timbre and all that. Uh, how about a psychologist? Do you have to put on that hat too, as far as helping people be believable? No, no. That's the that that's that's the that's the the cool thing about it is 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 that you these are these are all acting techniques that can be that are easily learned, very very easily learned when you understand what's going on and you understand the dynamic. Hmm. When we're talking about uh, uh, the, the preparation here. An actor, a stage actor, when they're getting ready to to go into a play, rehearse and put on a play, a stage actor is going to spend four, five, or even six weeks rehearsing before that play is mounted. That actor spends four, five, or six weeks learning all about their role. That's a long time. Now, state uh, on-camera actors, they don't have four, five, or six weeks many times, sometimes four, five, or six days. They're on a set, they have scenes, et cetera, et cetera, not the whole movie, but they have scenes, but they spend four, five, or six days working on their part, memorizing their lines, getting, hitting their mark, et cetera, et cetera. Most voice actors don't spend four, five, or six minutes with their story. They just jump into mm, the copy. you got to be good. They just jump right into the deep end of the pool. They don't even look and see if there's water in it. They just jump right in. <laughs> so I say, and one of the one of the most important things that I teach people, uh, actors, no matter what level there are, they are they're at, is spend at least a few minutes understanding the story before you start to tell it. My dad told me years ago, if you don't under, if you don't know what you're talking about, shut up. Mm-mm. I almost spit the water out of my mouth when you said that's But that's it. It's, it's, it's a really simple, you know, very, very practical yeah. life lesson. Yeah. If you don't know what you're talking about, shut up. Hmm. 
Well, so I should I be say, quiet a lot. <laughs> I think the story. No, I always talk more, you know, when I don't know something, gets me in trouble. But we're with a legendary, and that's for sure, legendary voiceover coach and voiceover actor. He's been in the business for so many years teaching even the likes of, uh, what, uh, Don LaFontaine and, and many others. Where that uh, I, I wish I could say that, that <laughs> I, I taught Don LaFontaine yeah. anything. Oh, yeah. I never taught him a thing. I you directed, you directed. Right now. <laughs> I had the honor. I had the honor of working with him uh-huh. uh, in the studio, and and um, and for Bob people for people don't know who he is. Th- this is a guy that you know you've seen on those Geico commercials. He's since right. he passed away, but radio. he'd say he uh, in a world, absolutely the face of radio, no doubt about it. Passed away suddenly, way too early. Mm. He was just a huge talent, uh, the nicest guy in the world, one of the most generous people uh, uh, in the business uh, ever. Don was one of those what uh, what they call a one take wonder, because he had been doing it for so long. By the time I got to work with him at Fox, um, he was doing a lot of Fox promos, so he would do he would have X amount of promos to do in a session, like ten ten promos, and I would be sitting there directing him uh, with the engineer, and he would do, and I'd say, okay, Don, let's uh, grab the first uh, first uh, promo here, and he'd read it flawlessly. And the engineer would look at me, and I'd look at the engineer. I'd say, thanks, Don. Uh, <laughs> uh, j- just to take a break while we do some editing, we'll go on to the next one. So while he in the so while we were editing that take, because it was flawless, he would, took out his crossword puzzle, and he'd be doing crossword puzzles <laughs> wow. in between his takes, because he, was, he would do, nail it on the first take. Amazing. Not many people yeah. like that, I'm sure. There, there are very few people like that. Very few. And Don made it again, and... Don was never full of himself. Don, Don was amazing. Don, people would come in to L.A. to visit, and Don would say, hey, you're, what if you're what, in the days when he didn't have his home studio and he was driving from studio to studio. In a limo. Had, <laughs> in a limo. Yeah. And he would actually invite uh, newbies to come and, and just stay with him, ride with him, and, and be with him for the day oh. and sit in on his sessions and see what he does. And, and he would... That's how generous he is. Yeah, that is being generous, and that makes an impression that is uh, invaluable in someone's life like that as well. And you work with all these people, Mark. And uh, once again, uh, Mark Cashman, the book is called VO, Tips, Tricks, Tools, and Techniques to Start and Sustain Your Voiceover Career. How would I read that? (laughs) You you read that beautifully. All right. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, you work with so many different personality types and i know that you have a master's degree in teaching okay so you've been doing this for many many years i mean decades and uh, it seems like you know you have these report cards that you write out for the students but um it's almost like leaving the flock or being part of something very special and and from what i gather from learning about you uh every human being matters to you i wanted to be able to work with anybody on any level Hmm. who was interested in voiceover, with just a couple of exceptions. The one exception being that if there's, if you have a physical or, uh, I don't want to call it psychological problem, but if you got some wires crossed, <laughs> uh, in other words, if you had, let's say, Can't control dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Well, dyslexia, all right. Um, uh, any of those, or speech impediment, or something like that, or then... Uh, it, I would basically I, I refer people who have those situations to specialists who can help them overcome whatever it is they need to 
to do before they actually are able to concentrate on voice acting and, and, and voiceover. So, but for all intents and purposes, I'm able to work with almost anyone. In fact, I've, I've some of my students, a couple of my students are blind. Really? Well, now think about that. That's that. That's like Oscar Pretorius, who decided yes. he wanted to be a runner and didn't have any legs. Hmm. Okay, I mean that's pretty darn amazing. That is. That's absolutely to me. I just, I can't. I, I mean, I'm speechless when, and I, and I and I I can't believe that somebody is fearless enough to actually attempt doing voiceover blind. You cannot. You talk about preparation, Michael. Oh my God. I mean, you have to really be prepared when you're blind. You have to ha- know the copy inside and out. You have to have it, have it ahead of time. You, I mean, you just really – now, that said, your hearing is like extrasensory hearing because you're really? blind because we compensate You know, when we're – It's like Stevie Wonder. Again, one facility is gone. One, I'm sorry. One faculty is gone. Then you compensate with the other like – Blind people can hear amazingly well. Deaf people can have amazing visual acuity. Deaf people can read body language better than any I've heard that. person who can hear. I had a friend in high school. He was able to do that. Yes, absolutely. You compensate when, you, when you're missing a faculty. And so in this case, again, blind people who do voiceover, I, I, I bow down to them. I, I mean, I, I just I have such – I hold them in such high – esteem uh, because they are doing something that that i truthfully would would feel think would be impossible <laughs> and they say no no it's not impossible it's doable when you put your mind to it and and i just i, I get goosebumps mark you're the kind of person i could talk for hours and i want to ask you something because you are like a very busy man but how are you doing on time you have a, can you spend maybe a couple more minutes with us absolutely or absolutely not not to worry michael I, okay. I, I put a whole hour for you all right that well we, we appreciate that because there's a lot of wonderful material here and questions and and of course your life but you know you teach people all the time okay so here's a two-part question i want to ask you okay what do you enjoy most and what how how have these students changed your life what how have they taught you Oh, my. Oh, my goodness. I don't know where to start uh, with, with that. Jeez, um, Louise. Uh, I First of all, I, have to, I tell my students to – I ask my students to please, please, please keep in touch with me after we're finished training, after we've done a demo, after we've done a particular job or whatever the case may be. I say, please, please, please keep in touch with me. Let me know how you're doing. You, I, I, I will – Send me samples of what you've done. I'll put you in my newsletter. I'll let the world hear about it. I am so proud of mm. the accomplishments of my students, not because it reflects on me. It reflects on them. It, it, it basically it, it, it shows me that with a minimum of, 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 of instruction, they can get a maximum output from it. Uh, I can I can say one word, one phrase, one sentence to somebody, and all of a sudden the light bulb will go off, and they go, "Oh my God!" <laughs> oh, oh, and and it changes their entire perspective. It changes their performance. It literally gives it lifts them one step above where they already were, and they are empowered. When you empower somebody with just just saying 
words to them, really. I mean, I'm not there. I don't I'm not holding them. I'm not dancing with them. I'm not embracing them. I'm not. I'm just talking with them. And when you can say something to somebody and you know this yourself, Michael, you're in the ministry. Hmm. You know the power of words. You know that you've seen that. Yes. You've seen people receive that. You've seen them just all of a sudden the, the light bulb goes off with something you said. And all of a sudden it triggers something and all of a sudden, bam, it's amazing. And I want to ask you, too, at the same time, are, are there are there people who think they can solve this in one or two voiceover lessons and get disappointed that this is a lot of work here? Of course, everybody wants instant gratification. Everybody wants it yesterday. Everybody just they, they, they don't want to put in the work. But everybody really knows that anything really worthwhile takes time to really, really finesse. You, you've heard about the 10,000 hour rule, right? Yeah. You ever hear about the 10,000 no. hour rule? Which the 10,000 hour rule says that if you've done something, one specific thing for 10,000 hours, you'll be considered competent. Hmm. 10,000 hours equals competency. So you could break down 10,000 hours into you just do the math. If you're doing something for eight hours a day, divide eight into 10,000. Well, let's just say it was 10,000 days. So there are 10, you know, uh, 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 again, you just do the math here and you realize how many days, how many years it takes you to become competent. And if you do the math, it comes out to about five years. I think people might be surprised because they say, hey, I bought that uh, stellar microphone. I've got the the preamp, the mixer, the whole thing. But now you're telling me that I may have to spend most of my mo- a lot of money on on acting classes and voiceover coaches i don't think people realize just the kind of work that's involved but i'm sure that you tell them that and uh uh it's a marathon isn't it it's it's not so it i it really depends upon your it, everybody's got a different trajectory because everybody comes at voiceover from different angles you have actors stage actors who want to do voiceover you've got on camera actors who want to do voiceover you have public speakers who want to do voiceover you have educators or instructors who want to do voiceover you've got uh, puppeteers and and, 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 who want to do voiceover uh you've got people who have nothing to do what's uh, musicians who want to do voiceover then you've got people who Accountants who want to do voiceover because somebody Uh-oh. said, that, you know, they, 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 somebody said, wow, you have an amazing voice. And that's the, that's the coolest thing ever is I have worked with non actors, non musicians, non radio people, non public speakers, non educators, people who come from, they're, they're an accountant or, or, or they're a librarian or, or, or they're a car salesman or whatever. They have they have nothing to do with anything about the arts, but they want to be a voice actor and they want to study and they want to train and they've got that fire in their belly. And I have seen people from those areas do very, very well because they've got that passion. That's what it really takes. Can you see that right away in the person? I mean, even from day one or is it is that developed? You can see that at the beginning. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Now, being passionate and being talented are two different things. Yeah, like Simon Cowell, somebody, you know, he he takes those passionate people, he cuts them down to size, but uh, because he lets them know you got to have some talent, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's absolutely right. You know, he's just a more cynical person there, (laughs) uh, but he's still right. You ever meet him? I've never met him. I've never met him. I I met Randy Jackson 
Uh, oh yeah, I, I, I met and and uh, and worked with him a little bit, but uh, but not. Uh, but not to, uh, what's his name? And now, you know, Simon, Simon Cowell, Simon. but you know, there's yeah. animation now is huge. I mean, that is really, and we were talking about all these other things, uh, which comprise, you know, promos, uh, acting yeah. with voiceover. But then, and, and before we get into that subject, if you will, can you give us your, your wackiest ever, I'm putting you on the spot, uh, animation voice? Oh, my wackiest. I mean, for me? Yeah, if you just kind of draw from a character through the years and you say, hey, this is what the wackiest, this is what a, a real over-the-top animation voice would sound like. You don't have to do it. I'm just putting you on the spot. But Yes, I'm just I'm just thinking of, of um, uh, I just don't have any uh, material offhand. Probably the, um, uh, it's not so much the wackiest. Uh, I will tell you, give you a little bit of an insight here. Um, in addition to doing animation, I also have done video games and video game characters, and um, and most all almost all the video game characters are characters with lines and 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 you know they they go throughout the entire video game. I uh, came into a video game where I had no lines per se, because I was the universal soldier getting either uh, beaten up. <laughs> Stabbed, well, shot, ooh, run over, bombed, stepping on landmines, grenades, everything. So basically, I in this one session, this one one-hour session, I died a thousand deaths. <laughs> I was first again. I and before I was, <laughs> I died. I was beaten and stabbed. Oh my with goodness! Various, various and sundry instruments, and then I was run over with various and sundry vehicles. And then, of course, I was bombed and blown up in various, et cetera. So basically, it was one hour of me screaming either in pain or screaming as I died. This is really what it comes down to. Oh, and, of course, some death scenes, too, some death rattles as well. So by the time I was done with this session, I probably lost about three pounds because wow. I was drenched in sweat. Hmm. And and I didn't walk out of the booth. I crawled out of the booth because I was exhausted. It was the most exhausting really session of my entire career. And I again, I died a thousand times. It's amazing how many different areas there are of this whole thing. Again, with uh, yeah. animation, I mean, it reminds me think of, what is it, Dustin Hoffman in the movie Tootsie, where he says, you know, yes. George, I could, I could play a, a juicy, uh, sexy beefsteak tomato. I can do that. You know, that's right. My Absolutely. <laughs> that's the whole point of acting is is, is, is just uh, letting your imagination go wild and, and embracing virtually everything and anything. But yes, I mean, in, in, initially when voiceover started becoming a thing, uh, it was for commercials. But then they st it started branching out. So then, then it became so it, you'd not only put together a commercial demo, but then you'd put together a demo for promos. Uh, that you see on TV all the time. And then trailers, you'd see, tra you have a trailer demo. And then um, uh, narration, uh, where you'd be doing a business modules and, and, and e-learning type of stuff. And documentary narration and animation for cartoons. And then video games became popular. So now video games are monstrous, monstrous, multi-billion dollar industry. And then there's the whole e-learning industry, mm -hmm. the instructional thing where people are, learn uh, uh, remotely, you know, how to do all sorts of things, and they listen to modules, and they're constant. They're just 
thousands and thousands of narrators out there for that as well. And then, of course, audiobooks, the only area of publishing that's actually gone up. All the other areas of publishing have gone down, but audiobooks keep going up, 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 up because people want to listen. So the, the and of course, the advent of the Internet made voiceover explode because now web uh, uh, companies have websites and they need narration on their websites. They need people to explain what they do. So all of those areas have made voiceover and the entire voiceover industry explode exponentially in terms of opportunities and availability. Everything seems to change when it comes to technology. Today they have a CGI and they can make these what you would call puppets or the Muppets in the past now look like yeah. real actors and actresses. Okay, so I throw this your way. I'm sure that you were, you know, you get this a lot. But with all the scientific and digital advances, can you see uh, that there may be something that actually kind of recreates the human voice? Is that is that the voice actor's worst fear? And could that happen? No. Yeah, I, yes and no to a certain extent. Yes, that means the more uh, uh, artificial intelligence uh, uh, advances, uh, the better we will get at... Uh, at reproducing speech, uh, 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 human speech. However, I don't think that's anything that act- actors worry about, truthfully. Okay. Um, uh, if you were a factory worker, I'd be worried about a robot replacing you. But if you're an actor, you know, I wouldn't worry too much about it, uh, uh, anybody replacing your voice. The human voice is truthfully like the universe. The more scientists explore the 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 vagaries of trying to reproduce the human voice, the more they realize how many mysteries are out there and how difficult it is because the the instrument that is the human voice is one of the most amazing instruments in the world. Humans, human beings, have again, in terms of our accomplishments, our brains, what is it? They say that we only use something like 10% yeah, of Yeah, I've brain. heard that. I use five, but that's just me. That, that, well, you join the club, but <laughs> but uh, but again, we have the capacity of, of, of you know literally doing interstellar travel if we were to be able to use all of our brains. But uh, but the human voice, getting back to the human voice, is is just the most un- astounding instrument uh, created, and and um, scientists can tinker all they want with with artificial intelligence on on the human voice, but but uh, but never recreate I, I it with that same sensitivity, be, huh? It's uh, I, it's, yeah. it's going to be recreating all the vagaries of the human voice would be like figuring out how to go faster than the speed of light, at least in, in my mind. Well, I'll tell you what, and that's what makes you special, Mark Cashman. When you go online and you read about you and you watch uh, on, on YouTube, it never it's amazing how fresh it is. Every voice, everything that makes a person unique, you seem to embrace it and you lift people up. And, and, and our audience enjoys this uh, interview, of course. You can get all this information and more in VO, the name of the book, by Mark Cashman, Tips, Tricks, Tools, and Techniques to Start and Sustain Your Voiceover Career. And where can they buy your book? They can get it. Uh, they, anybody can order it on Amazon. They just go to Amazon and just type in VO or to type in my name and the, the, the book will come up. Or if they want, if they are inclined, they could go to my website, which is CashmanCommercials.com, C-A-S-H-M-A-N, commercials, plural, dot com. And if they can order uh, uh, the book on my site and that book, uh, I'll get a notification, and I will send the person who orders it 
an autographed copy nice of no. the book with a with a, a note to them specifically and um and and a bookmark on top of it that's not bad you got to do that and i'll tell you what it, it um uh, you've given us your life story, okay? And you've been very generous, of course. I, the only question I have left is there is anything else that you'd like to do when it comes to voiceovers uh, that it, you haven't done yet? Oh, my, 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 my. Yes. Um, and I'm working on this right now. But um, if you can't, if it's, get, you know, proprietary, you don't do. You know. No, no, it's not proprietary <laughs> okay. at all. I want to give a TED Talk on voiceover. Hmm. People That's need that. You can help them in every, every – I can see that, every level, every facet of uh, when it comes to business, everything. There have been a couple. There have been a couple. But I want to do my – I want to do my presentation. There have been a couple of uh, uh, presentations on voiceover for TED. Uh, Mike Rowe supposedly did one. I haven't seen his presentation. Uh, uh, I don't want to say – it's not Susan Collins because I think that's the that's – the, Senator from Maine, uh, uh, Susan Bennett, that's her name. Susan Bennett is the voice of Siri. And Susan gave a, a talk about uh, how she was picked for Siri and how it was listening to her voice. And again, she's the most famous voice in the world as, as the voice of Siri. Um, but uh, um, so that's but the yes, main thing you want to do is give that talk and. Because you've done everything else. I mean, you've done it all. And people, yeah. when they uh, look you up, and they will, Mark Cashman, they'll find uh, just the kind of people that you've dealt with. And, uh, and But again, you're very humble. You treat everyone the same. And you just want uh, the most success uh, for people when they do their voiceovers as they learn. It's almost like you get just as much enjoyment of seeing those eyes widen as they learn about this whole field, knowing that they're about to uh, em embark on a journey. How could I not? How could I not be happy about that? When when what I say makes a light bulb go off. Hmm. In fact, at the end of every class, at the end of every session I do one on one, at the end of every class that I teach, I ask my students before we leave today, tell me one thing you learned today, one thing you learned, one top of mind sticky that you're going to take away today from this class. I need to know if you came away learning something otherwise i didn't do my job you've been a great guest we appreciate you being on the program mark cashman the name of the book is vo tips tricks tools and techniques to start and sustain your voiceover career and it's uh, it's a classic listening is in it uh, the sounds of punctuation uh treating conjunctions getting a voiceover coach if you want to learn about voiceovers get the book and thanks so much for being on the program Michael, thank you so much for inviting me. You're just a pleasure to, uh, the, the time just flew. <laughs>